from the blue-green waters of Claytor Lake to the hiking trails of the NRV, AM HodgePodge is on the air. Here are your hosts, Keith Weldons and Mark Tapp. New River Valley. This is Mark Tapp with Keith Weltons. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge. Yeah. And I think we're in summer now. Yeah. Full on. Yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, I got I, I got my lawn mowed yeah. early, earlier this week, and I and I think I went for about five days saying I needed to mow it, and... I think I went maybe one or two days at longer than a seven-day period, mm-hmm. and I almost never fertilized. I think I told you I fertilized it this year. Yeah, because your dad was coming. That's right. <laughs> I didn't impress my dad with a, a green lawn. <laughs> so now I'm going to pay for it the rest That's of the right. summer. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, I don't know if – I don't remember who said this, but they were 100% r- right when uh, when I had mentioned to them that I had clover and – kind of had gotten out of control as far as growth was concerned he said yeah it's like cutting lettuce yeah and it is man it was i mean i i cut the lawn it was three days after it rained so there was it was not wet yeah and it and it was six o'clock seven o'clock at night so it had been in the sun all day and it was still wet and bunchy and well it's ground cover yeah, I mean it's the purpose behind it, right? It is actually to, you know, stop erosion off of hills and stuff. I mean that's where people want, might use it, and, yeah. and it's where it normally finds its place under trees mm-hmm. where nothing else can grow. Uh, it's it's in there. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I, uh, I way prefer a thick yard versus thick clover. As far as choking thick grass, yeah, yeah, yeah. one will choke more than the other yeah. for sure, for sure. Did you see what I, I was know. trying to do at the beginning of the show? Uh, yeah, just ignore me no. and let me roll with whatever I was going to say. Well, I was going to see see if you could stumble. <laughs> see if I could <laughs> see how long I could carry this on my yeah. own. Well, anyway, this one time uh, at band camp. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really planning on talking about my lawn, but you weren't saying it. Yeah, no, I did that. Well, that's good. It's good. It's good. We took a week off last week. We were in uh, kind of a best of thing, so... Uh, I just figured that you had quite a bit to talk about. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Keith Weltons, and that's Mark Tapp. You're listening to AM HodgePodge Show for and about New River Valley. Bring in guests. We've got a couple today. And uh, always have a beer segment. So kind of bring that in in our first. And then we kind of roll in with guests. So excited to hear what they have to say. Uh, But, yeah, back to the um, summer. You know, you would have asked me, and I told you, you later in the week you jinxed. Because I said, yeah, I got the swimming pool up and da 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 And you're like, well, how's it been holding up? And I'm like, really great. Take it down every year, clean it out, put it back up. Is this the fourth year? Yeah, because it's above ground and yeah. da-da-da. And I, went, I, I told you, I said, when I come home, that thing better be full. And when I came home, it was only like maybe a third full. And I said, what the heck happened? How come it's not, the pool's not full? And there was two leaks, two holes in it. Mm-hmm. You jinxed me. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, it was perfect. And then Mark is like, oh, it's, that's really holding up well. I'm surprised. <laughs> Surpriser, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now I got two holes. Yeah, but but it's a pretty easy fix. Yeah, flex tape. Just put the flex tape. Did you do that yet? No, I gotta, I'm going to go grab it uh, today yeah. and flex tape it. You put one piece on the inside and one on the outside. You won't use any um, spray foam or anything like that? No. Okay. No, and you don't need to use like a uh, inner tube patch. Those. The problem with those is that those have a um, uh, uh, an adhesive that is uh, like acetone-based, so all it does is start to break down mm-hmm. the, uh, the rest of it. That makes sense. Yeah. And with flex tape, you're just taping the tape to itself on the other side correct so that it's the middle tape seals. the middle hole is what touches each other yeah and that interesting it makes a lot of sense yeah and i, I imagine the just the pressure of the water that's inside right. the pool pushes that's, the tape against that's right it. you yeah. got it that's the other part you know 300 gallons or whatever the number 3,000 gallons whatever the number of gallons mm-hmm. just pushes it and, and it makes it work yeah exactly right all right so with that being said beer consumption in the united states for 2023, up or down? Down. Relative to last year. Down. Yeah, down. How much? Uh, I'm going to say 2%. Just right at 1%. Okay. Just right at 1%. The largest uh, contraction in beer sales happens to be in the craft area. Now, hmm. this is craft cans yeah. and bottles. Yeah. So this is just distribution. That's the, the where the shock to the system has come. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense, actually, mm-hmm. if you think about it. The yeah. uh, craft beer drinker is probably more uh, ex- explorative. Correct. They're willing to move around in the in the categories. Yeah. And we know that. Uh, I mean, I guess you have to. If you're a brewer, you have to constantly be looking for new ways to build market share. Sure. But to some extent, you're cannibalizing your own brands. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what's happened is that you have your your large names, and this is going to back into our beer on ball ball mm-hmm. of beer segment okay. a little bit. But when you have these large brewers, we know like for instance, Imbev, yep. a, Bud, a Budweiser parent at this point in time, or Coors or anything else, they go and they purchase a constantly uh, other breweries or brewers that are cutting edge yeah. so that they can come out with a better seltzer or a limerita or um, something that's got, you know, vodka-based or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're looking to kind of to, to grow their portfolio. Well, over the last couple of years, when they start to own all of these products, it's squeezed out from shelf space a lot of your smaller craft beers. Yeah, so on the, time. We saw that. Here, you got it. You go to the grocery store, and that little pick area has gotten really, really, really small. Yeah. Um, so you're 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 kind of, and then if you look at those beers that are being that are provided in there, the vast majority, well over fifty percent, are actually owned by those companies. That's right. So those companies have reduced the selection process through their selective mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So when you say craft has shrunk more it's in the the uh, distribution channels okay so that's the yeah. first the downside to what has happened is now the shock to the system of missteps so when you have a backlash like you come out with a product that nobody wants or you have a product that nobody wants the stumble 
to the parent company is felt even greater because of the less reliance upon a hundred brand names and you shrunk it down to maybe 30 names. So there's in their attempt to shrink and push towards certain areas, they have now caused uh, the consumer who's just the grocery store style yeah. consumer to be able to uh, say, well, because these are the only ones that you're giving me, if I don't like what you're giving me, I will completely turn you off. And so beer sales are down about one, but the craft beer is down about three. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, if you go to craft nationwide, craft is up. Nationwide. Yeah. Okay. So if you take out the grocery stores as the, as the, the shrinkage, you're getting growth in the tap room. On site. On site. Okay. Yeah. Which means that the that consumer sense. is is not switching to the uh, main brand as much, but in one category. And the one category is low-cost beer. Low-cost beer is up about 7% for the year. Hmm. So what I mean by low-cost beer, things they deem not premium. Yeah. So Budweiser actually deems itself premium, and Estella would be a premium beer. So if it is yeah. not deemed premium, sales of that category are actually up about 7%. And that's... That's year over year Correct. as of May? The end of May. Okay. And does that ref- is that because of what's happening to Budweiser, uh, can, or I should say Anheuser-Busch consumption? Well, it started the fourth oh. quarter of last year. Okay. So now you're in, into so. something. It started to actually show itself. What that usually says is that there is a problem with someone's pocketbook. Yeah. So yeah. the, the – you're drinking. You're drinking the smaller, um, or the the less premium beer. So volume is down one percent, but revenues are down three. So they've just taken their pocketbook and moved it down yep. and shifted. And yet the craft beer selection is up. So here's where I'll ask you this: You've probably had a craft beer before out of a cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you might have, let's say, one or two. Have you ever just said, "Well, just for the." The heck of it, I might try and, and move into, I don't know, I'm going to say a Coors Light and then have the Coors Light and then go right back to the... Sure. Yeah. And, and it almost kind of cleans the palate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It allows you to drive home. Yeah. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. After, after seven hours. That's right. Given the choice, you're going to take the craft, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be craft exclusive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And actually, sometimes it just allows you to remind yourself why you're drinking the crap. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It, it highlights the significant differences. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you said all that. Uh, one of the stories I wanted to talk about was, and, and I'll be real brief on it, is the opportunity that the Anheuser-Busch stumble has created for a number of other brands. Absolutely. And so there's a lot of import beer and now they label themselves cheap, air quotes, import beer right. alternatives. Uh, and and they may even fall into that premium beer category. Correct. The problem that they're having, so, so obviously name recognition, they've had a really hard time 
uh, surpassing the name recognition of Bud Budweiser or Bud Light, sure. whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's in the Anheuser Busch uh, portfolio. Um, I think eighty three percent of Americans know the Bud Light uh, moniker. Mm-hmm. The but the other problem is is cost. So uh, you can get a six pack of Bud Light for six dollars and seventy five cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at a Stella or Takate or or, or a they, Heineken, they're priced closer to craft. Yeah, so it's it's a really hard hurdle for them to take market share. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think largely what we're going to see is that market share is maybe captured, and we're seeing it by the U.S. brewed brands. Correct. Um, and the irony of all this is, I think really only a few stand out as being any different from Bud Light in their uh, um, activist uh, sort of stance. Mm-hmm. And we've we we may or may not have talked about this in, in uh, on our show. I know we've talked about it in our office. Um, the Budweiser board. Uh, and the Coors Miller board and the Disney board, the people that are making these decisions with regards to their advertising, um, they're not really the ones that are making the decisions. No. The ones that are making the decisions are the companies that own most of the shares in their corporation. Yeah. Those and, are called the owners. Yeah, yeah. So you've got BlackRock, Vanguard, Fidelity, J.P. Morgan. Yeah, the owners are making the decision. Yeah, and mm. – I got news for you. They own all of them. Mm-hmm. They own Coors Miller. They That's right. own Anheuser Busch. They That's own, right. right? That's right. So the so unless you get into craft, yeah, or you get into a public or a privately held company, right, you're really not having any any impact with your dollars. Correct. Not the impact you think you're having. Exactly right. In this last week, we saw three different brewers, breweries that had been per- previously purchased by Imbev, actually buy themselves back. Yeah, yeah, which tells you that there might be a problem uh, in cash flow for for Budweiser. You correct. you brought that up the other day. I thought that was really a very insightful uh, comment that um, Budweiser's probably got a cash flow problem, and selling these names back is yeah. good for them. Yeah, they've got to get they've got to get out of there. So we're going to do ball over beer real quick. Yeah. Think, All right, because this will go so. right into this. Ball over beer. All right. So we're going to talk about baseball just really quick. Okay. So the average salary of a baseball player in 2023 is $4.9 million. Man. That's the average. There's a lot of baseball players. That's correct. It's average is 4.9. The average uh baseball team makes about $8 million in profit off of beer sales Okay, at the stadium. That's 81. Per year. Yeah, there's 81 games, home games. There's 162 per team. 181, uh, 81 home. So you take that 81, uh, it comes out to roughly $8 million. Some markets, obviously, much larger, like New York, they're mm-hmm. way more than $8 million. But then, of course, their average salary for pay payroll is not 4.9 million either um so that equates to roughly 1.6 players uh, per team is covered by the profits of the beer sales when you did that math did that seem underwhelming 
No, it actually seemed about right. Really? Yeah. That seems so, like a really thin because, margin. But that's just the beer sales. <clears throat> so that's not beer mark. Uh, that's not marketing by the breweries, right. which is billboards. It's not. It's none of that. Right. So I actually thought, ah, that seems to me about right. And when, when you pay fifteen dollars a beer, you'd think they're making more money than that. Yeah, but I mean, they have then ticket sales and then merchandise sales and then the, the, the facility rentals. I mean, there's all kinds of things that come off of, of everything else. Okay. So with that being said. I tried to go backwards based off of how much mil, uh, uh, Budweiser has lost in market share just on the Bud Light brand alone. Yeah. And if you take just the market share in Bud Light brand alone and you equate it into the number of bottles, so bottles sold, um, in 2022, they sold 33 million barrels of Bud Light. Thirty-three million barrels of Bud Light, and if uh, to, to everybody, not to just everybody, this ball game, to, to everybody. everybody, exactly right. If you equate the loss of current Bud Light sales, mm-hmm. it's nine point six million barrels run weight rate a year. Okay, so what does that equate to? Three million, excuse me, three billion seventy-two million beers fewer of Bud Light. Right, three billion seventy-two million fewer Bud Light. So if I, I wonder equate, how many bottles, uh, if you stacked them end on end, it would take to go to the middle. Oh my God, this is back <laughs> there, back, back, back. I mean, on and on and on. So here's the kicker. You ready? Yeah. If every baseball stadium, every baseball stadium, the only beer they served was Bud Light. The question I wanted to ask was, how long would it take if Bud Light did nothing else but sell all the beer mm-hmm. in the Major League Baseball games? Our Major League Baseball games only sold Bud Light. How many years would it take them to recapture at the current baseball's sales rates the loss of numbers of beers due to the Mulvaney thing. due to the due due to their misstep? Yeah. And the answer is, if Bud Light was the only beer served at Major League Baseball games, 30 of uh, uh, parks, it would take 14.4 years just to get back what they have lost. Oh, good that grief. should make your head almost explode. It, it is amazing. Just, uh, just, the, just the Bud Light, yeah. not, not the other brands. Just Bud Light, 14.4 years if every beer served in a baseball game was just Bud Light, which we know is not true. Exactly. It, and we've talked about this. I don't know that they'll ever recover. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's an incredible number. So if you understand why they're selling their breweries to other people, you just got it right there. Yeah. Three billion beers lost a year. All right. With that being said, we'll go ahead and take a break. When we come back. Bring in our guests. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge. And pray to God I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. And I'm a hoping for rally. I can see my baby tonight. 